Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the Lutheran relationship with the saints. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on those running shoes, or pick up your fiber and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and it's my honor to serve as the pastor of Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so I'm Catholic originally. Uh-huh. Got a lot of saints. Lots of saints. Let madness, a lot of saints. Yep. Why no saints? It's not that we don't think that there are saints. It's that our relationship with them is different. Okay. We'll just say different. So kind of the Catholic understanding of a saint is a person who has been set apart spiritually. They have different traits. There are different metrics they need to achieve in order oh, to... yeah. You got to go through <laughs> a whole process to be declared right. a saint. Do you know the process? I don't know it very well. There's a certain number of miracles you have to have performed, and then somebody's going to nominate you. I mean, it's a process. And if you're streamlined through that, like I believe um, Mother Teresa was streamlined through... Okay. It's a big deal. Okay. And is it only the Pope that can declare someone a saint? I believe so. All right. So all that kind of stuff, right? The rules, the regulations, the provings, all that kind of stuff. While it is respected, uh-huh. Martin Luther talked about this thing called simul justus et peccator. Oh, my. Latin. Latin. Which is simultaneously saint and sinner. Okay. And declared that as a part of the priesthood of all believers, we are all saints. Okay. And redefined that understanding of what a saint is as not just one individual who is gifted or blessed or called by God or given special capacities or abilities in order to give divine healings or to seem to be greater than other people, but that all of us are saints of God and all of us have that within us. And so while we recognize the stories of individuals throughout our history who are amazing and inspiring, they are no more holy than anyone else. Mm, an interesting concept. Is he somebody that made pilgrimages? He did when he was young. I mean, he really believed all the Catholic stuff when he was young. But then he went to Rome. He went on his pilgrimage to Rome and he saw where people were like using the relics and the different things. So a relic is something like a finger. A f <laughs> yes. Bits and pieces. What was I going to say? Bits and pieces of bone oh, from yeah. saints and different things. And so you would pay to touch the bone or you would pay to be in the presence of the relic. You needed a relic to have a certain level of, I think it's cathedral. Uh, there's all sorts of crazy rules. Might be, mm -hmm. right? And you need like a body buried underneath in order. Like there's different mm -hmm. pieces like that. Okay, so none, I get that. I get none that, of that that did not appeal to him. Right. None of that carries over. Once he sees that people are being taken advantage of and grace is being withheld from people because of that situation, that's when he kind of started looking at it and saying, well, no, God loves us all. God loves all people. And God has created all people. And in that kind of a case, we are all a part of this. Mm -hmm. We are all saints in this. Now, we're all sinners. We all mess it up too. But we are both and at the same time. We don't set 
saints between us and God. We don't set saints between us and Jesus. And that's another piece, right? Lutheran theology, we are able to speak directly to Jesus. We're able to pray directly to God. We don't need intercessors. We have a direct relationship with God. Do you see them as an indirect relationship? I see it as kind of like an extra. It's like having, (laughs) I'm going to pray to Jesus and I'm going to pray to St. Christopher to help me find my lost stuff. (laughs) It's like a bonus round. It's a bonus round. Having no Catholic background in my own self, I have never prayed to a saint. Okay. Don't consider Mary a saint? You wouldn't go that route or have any feelings that way? I consider other people of faith great inspirations. Fascinating. And people that I look up to, that I am amazed by, that I see their saintliness, where I see where God has called them in their life and has pulled them and where they have been able to take moments and actually live the kind of moment where you are your actual ideal self. Mm -hmm. And I am inspired by that. And I am convicted by that. And I am encouraged by that. But I don't necessarily pray to them. I might think about, okay, Mary Magdalene is incredibly inspiring to me, right? So if I think about Mary Magdalene, it's more along the lines of, I want the strength that Mary Magdalene had. I want the capacity to continue to hold my own the way that she did. I love that you picked the one person that the Catholic Church probably would not have considered a saint to begin with. <laughs> Incredibly telling. Right. But she is in the Orthodox Church. Mm-hmm. She is recognized as a saint. And I, yeah, I think that that for me is how I see the saints. I see these stories as incredibly inspiring and incredibly hopeful. Even Mother Teresa, right? She's an amazing story and she has such faults. I mean, there are, mm-hmm. there are parts about Teresa of Calcutta that are not awesome. And I like that in my Lutheran heritage to be able to say simultaneously saint and sinner. To me, it makes it more realistic that I could do that saintly action mm-hmm. because I don't have to be perfect while I'm doing it. Well, it mirrors the whole Jesus being God and human in that right. you kind of expect that he can do amazing things, but he's still going to muck it up like a human. One would hope, or at least feel the same sensations as a human, Mm -hmm. right? He's still going to feel the same sensations of hurt and betrayal and understand that darker side of humanity, even if he may not have chosen to rip somebody off or take advantage of someone, right? Mm -hmm. I like that kind of interaction with my saints, just the way that they can inspire me to believe even when I can't believe it. to dare to believe that my actions could make this world more like the kingdom of God. It's interesting to me to hear you talk about not ever having prayed to them, not that I think that I have. Mm-hmm. I was never the most devout of Catholic children. Uh-huh. But it's so ingrained in me that, to me, Lenten madness with its saints did uh-huh. not seem crazy. It didn't seem like a far leap. Yeah, the way it perhaps would have with somebody who doesn't have that background. 
And for me, Lent Madness is great fun because I'm learning so many stories of so many people of faith. Well, I'll tell you this. Even having a Catholic background, most of these people are completely new to me. And I don't know if it's just because we're how many years in. Right. And and so they're digging. Exactly. Yeah. I think there's something really powerful about traditions that do view them as something extraordinary and as human beings beyond normal human capacity. I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with that. And I think in my own understanding of my own tradition, there is great power in saying anyone can live this life. And so how can we step towards it? And what can we do? And who are the people that I would lift up as saints in my life, as people who would inspire me to be the most in tune with God's intention for me? And maybe that's it. When I look at a saint, I see how in tune they were with God's intention for them. And I admire that. Mm -hmm. I admire it greatly. But who I pray to is the Trinity, you know, I, a long time ago, went into, I think it was a Catholic gift store with a friend of mine. And, you know, the little medallions. That had to have been an eye-opening experience. Right. But they're cool. Oh, yeah. Right? But the one that we found that I bought, that I wear, I wear it actually fairly often, especially on Sundays underneath my collar. It says, Holy Spirit, guide us. So it's a Catholic medallion, mm-hmm. saint medallion, but it's... The Holy Spirit. <laughs> you don't feel blasphemous wearing it because it comes from another no, faith no, tradition? No, no, not at all. Not at all. And I, you know, if I, it were a St. Christopher or if it were a Mary, the mother of Jesus, or maybe I would feel less in tune with it mm-hmm. because it would be in some ways appropriation. But this is just another piece of jewelry for me that reminds me of God's presence. But for me, it's like that opportunity to pray through it because I'm asking for the spirit to show up and guide me. Mm -hmm. That's the closest I get to praying to a saint, but it's still part of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will say that I don't think that if a Lutheran were to pray to saints, that it's that big a deal. No, it's not blasphemy either. No. Do you get asked about them a lot? No, not very. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Probably more by you than anyone else. Yeah, well, that makes sense. (laughs) I haven't had a ton of questions about them. There's been some resurgence of interest in icons and iconography okay. in the Lutheran Church in my years of ministry. So there's some questions about that. Some people have a much harder time with iconography than other people. Some people are intrigued by it. Some people really still have a lot of that kind of reformation, the history of don't mm. have extra graven images and those kinds of things still in their blood. So icons are hard. Well, that makes the kitsch round of Lent Madness, which we're currently in, we are that much more interesting, right? Because the whole point is what you can get, right? What you can find the images of these particular saints on mm-hmm. them, whether or not you're praying to them, mm-hmm. is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And there are many denominations in our country for whom that is absolutely blasphemous. Not only is praying to a saint blasphemous. But having an image of someone is also. And so it's all part and parcel of how we... And that's, again, the benefit of being Lutheran is that it's adiaphora. It's the stuff that doesn't matter. Uh And as long as you're not getting hung up thinking that St. Anne is the one who is responsible for saving you, if St. Anne is a good companion for you in your journey, fine. Mm -hmm. Then let her inspire you 
But if you think that she's the one who's going to bring you salvation, that's where we're going to need to have the conversation about what does and what doesn't mm-hmm. work. Or perhaps your t-shirt of St. Anne isn't as it should be. Right. Maybe it's not so helpful to you, mm-hmm. you know, but then the same way, there's plenty of things that we could then pick on that go from being assistant aides to being idols. Sure. So, yeah, we could get into that. That list would be long. Right. Okay. Then last question. Do you have a favorite saint, not really knowing much about them or having them in your tradition? It's such a good question. And I'll default to Julian of Norwich and Mary Magdalene, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I talk about them a lot just because I think their stories have been, for me, some of the most inspiring. I'm finding lots of amazing people through Lent Madness. And every day, learning the stories of other human beings, even within contemporary culture, I think I find a lot of saints that I really admire. Helen Keller was one when I was a kid. I admired Helen Keller. I think that's an I've, amazing story. I have more to learn to know her story and to know the story of Anne Sullivan. And but I think that they are ones that were saints to me in my childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, but Mary Magdalene and Julian of Norwich—they were powerful and amazing women. They're really inspiring to me. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about the relationship Lutherans have with saints. I look forward to sitting down with you another day on another topic. As do I, and thank you for joining us for this quick cup of theology. It's wonderful to have you listening with us, as always. You can communicate with us, and we would love that. You can leave us a message at Facebook or send us an email at podcast at centralportland.org. And we would love to hear a review from you if you are following us on iTunes. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.